Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another exciting podcast episode. It's uh, Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. And I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I have two guests with me today, two comic book creators. Uh, one, I think it's their first time on the podcast, uh, Matthew Ehrman, and hey. uh, returning uh, for their second time on the podcast, Liana Kangas. Uh, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, no, thank, thank you for having me and thank you for having us. And I'm super excited to hang out with uh, you and talk about comic books and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. What yeah, Matt said. I'm very excited uh, for the two of you to be on the podcast. Um, I had a great time the last time Liana was on with uh, Sarah Gailey, and we talked about Know Your Station. So I'm oh, excited. Yeah, no, I uh, it's for the return. That. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but we are here to talk about today from Mad Cave Studios, Mariko Between Worlds. It's going to be out. I think October 10th um, and 11th, depending on if you're ordering the book or getting it at your local comic book shop. Um, and yeah, I, the the little blurb on Mad Cave Studios about this, the part that stands out is kind of like a rom-com uh, lust and stardust just like jumps right out. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I said this before we started recording. I'll say it again for the listeners on the podcast. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I didn't really read too much about this before I just sat down to read. And usually when I have one of these, when I have a podcast interview to prepare, and we're talking about something in particular, I'll read it once and then let kind of sit with it for a little bit and then read it again. So um, I read it a few days ago and then I read it again earlier today when I got home from work. And um, I, this is just, rom-com or romantic comedy or that those kind of issues I don't, I don't think really does exactly what this is no yeah justice you're right. but this is really trippy really far out liana your artwork is just phenomenal um it's colored by rebecca nalty lettered by micah myers a fantastic creative team um yeah i just i, I did not know what to expect and was kind of totally like bowled over I had my phone out, like Googling words. I had to look things up. I'm like, she's drinking Anui tea. Like, what? what is this? What is going on? What is this like? Are we having a class in Jungian psychology? I loved it. Um, well, you talk to me. How did how did the two of you connect for this? What is kind of like the beginning? How did we of meet? This story? Why do we know each other? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Are was we going that, all the way I, back? I think- I think uh, I think I we met at a comic convention. I think in 2018, maybe sometime earlier than that. The, yeah, or we knew of each other before that. Yeah, and so we run in the same circles. Mm-hmm. And Liana approached me. Oh, Lisa did a book with Beta. That's how yeah. we met. Yes, yes. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of how this the we were introduced to Liana's all-encompassing social circle that uh, is, <laughs> uh, knows no end. It's, it's incredible. It's uh, I'm always incredible. I'm so uh, uh, blown away uh, by how much everyone loves you. Um, it's very impressive, but that is not, as anything to do about uh, Mariko. Mariko came about because Liana came to approach me and Lisa uh, mm-hmm. to work kind on of like 
Yeah, yeah. our um, our first editor, Chris Sanchez, uh, had asked me who I wanted to work with. And I literally just listed Matt Ehrman, Lisa Sterl <laughs> with no context <laughs> because I didn't know. Like, I was like, is this anything goes? Like, I don't, I don't, I have no yeah. idea. Mad Cave is a really cool company in how they kind of get uh, people to come on board to their projects. So yeah, this was the second project I'd done for Mad Cave. I also wrote Terminal Punks uh, that I did with Shelby. Um, and... Uh, this was the second one that I got to do. So uh, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I love them. They're great. I was so stoked when you said yes, because I think that was, I don't know. It's a big surprise. Cause I knew that you were working on a lot of stuff. Like I think you were working on your boom book at the time and a couple yeah. other things. So I'm glad that it well, worked the, out. The writer's bandwidth is like, I mean, it's like you're a comic book writer. Like you can work on a bunch of stuff at the same time. It's like, it's, 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 I, and it was with you. So it was like, and I knew it was going to be fun, which it absolutely was. It was an absolute blast to write. So it was so wild. Oh my gosh. What a time for, for like listeners, this, this project started pre pandemic and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And then Matt and I were unsure of uh, the future of the book. Yeah, but we were we were not pencils down, which is surprising because most companies had to go pencils down for a while. Yeah, that, I, I totally blocked that out. That that was right at the beginning of COVID. It's yeah, very this traumatizing, weird, <laughs> crazy gestation. Uh, I didn't actually clock that until just now. So uh, it's had a lot of lives. I feel like yeah, even like in between creating, I think for both of us because like at the beginning, you, I don't remember you. Uh, Lisa's exact role at the beginning. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Lisa, that, like, yeah, no. Lisa was originally one of the co-writers, but I mean, candidly, she this was going to be her first thing that she was going to write, and then she wrote an issue and was like, "I fucking hate this." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "I don't want to write comic books," and so I, that's I was like, "Okay, that's totally fine." But that first issue, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, Lisa's handiwork is all throughout that first uh, chunk of the book. Okay. And through the whole the book. Yeah. Like, I mean, she, she helped. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with Lisa. Lisa's uh, my wife uh, for anyone who doesn't know. And she's the creator of the modern witch tarot deck. And uh, she did submerge with Vita Ayala for vault. And she did witch blood uh-huh. with me witch and long lost yeah. with me. And she did squad with Maggie Takuda hall. She's done a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, so she was always like just helping help like, me think of things and and riff and bounce story ideas off of so there's like always a creative partnership there uh but she took an extra like she took extra uh uh she did more in this book because uh it was or i I think it was originally her idea the like or how the idea blossomed was with the 90 day fiance thing oh yeah so wait, part of the part of the beginning of this was part of the beginning of this idea was from born from 90 day fiance. Yes. So uh <laughs> me and my wife are huge fans of that trash. And uh we watched it all through the pandemic. We watched it a little bit before, which is a little shameful, but whatever. Uh but- that's not shameful. That's how <laughs> actually that's I'm pretty sure how we connected because it was us and Steens. 
we oh, yeah. about reality TV. Like that was so, cool. I mean, it's great. I, I, I won't go on a spiel for everyone to <laughs> watch this show, but uh, I wanted to write something that captured the, so there's a dra- there's an inherent drama in that show of like these people coming from another country or coming from another place to essentially relocate and settle. And, and the entire drama is fixed. is fixated on like, will they be able to make everything work in this very short period of time? That's a 90 day thing. If they can, and their K one visa goes through, then they get to get married. Um, and so the drama is always like the, the time part of it. It's like, Oh, there's all these like little, uh, crises that pop up in the 90 days. Oh, they got to do a wedding. Oh, they got to go to a horse ranch. It's all random shit. But what it eventually comes down to is I really liked the drama of the show and the narrative drama. And I wanted to do something like that. And so when Liana came to me and Lisa with this idea, I thought we thought it was like perfect to apply that uh, narrative structure to this really cool cosmic portal mall story. Um, which is how we got the initial characters relations. Like that's how we found the story of like Mariko and Rem and who they are and where they come from and all that stuff. So if, 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 uh, if Matt and Lisa added the 90 day fiance bit of it, like Liana, in terms of like the idea that you had, were you the, the, the super mall, the, the portals, the, that aspect I... of it? I mean, I think it was all a collaborative effort in that sort. Like, yeah, Liana got I've added to it, but like, I yeah, think we- the major thing I was like, Matt, Lisa, I want this to be as depressing as possible. Like, I want it to be as <laughs> messed up as possible. And Matt was like, uh, you should go watch this anime, this movie, this, and then like gave me a playlist. And I was like, perfect. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's fucking do it. It was this. all very collaborative, which is why I love working both in comics and why I love working with Liana. Um, I hope we get to work again together on something. Uh, but um, it, it was, it, you know, very collaborative. Liana would get the scripts before, it, you know, went to the editors and she would get to read them and, and tell me what she wanted to draw and all that stuff. So, uh, I think, yeah. Uh, I this was actually one of the first series in a while that I've worked on that we didn't really have a lot of boundaries in terms of rules. No, which is kind of amazing. Um, and like cool. midway through, uh, it was supposed to be a five issue series, and then like I think two months or oh, three yeah. months into the pandemic, they were like actually i think we've decided to make this a graphic novel and i was like amazing number one i've never like had a graphic novel deadline structure before number two um you know matt and i love book market everybody loves book market you know like reach more readers we love that so and you know i think at the time we both were kind of excited to not be stressed out about single issues because we didn't know yeah. the state of like comic shops, things like that. So it worked out really well. And, and really, I feel like Matt eventually like near nearing like the end of like, you know, doing lettering pass or like, you know, dialogue pass, he could eventually kind of rewrite some stuff. Cause we weren't yeah. like adherent to this, like five issue mini series. It was like a graphic novel and the, Actually, I think a major part of the story changed because of that, which yeah, is awesome. It did. 
writing graphic novels is cool because you kind of get an opportunity to write them twice. You can like write them, you write the script and then everything comes in and then you, you can really write it. You know what I mean? When the, when the panels come in and you actually see what the book looks like, you can adjust things and make it just right. It's, it's really cool. I, I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's akin to like directing a movie or something. We are so I mean, lucky. We worked on this in 2020 and it's like still coming out in 2023, like late 2023. I know. Almost 2024, which is like almost four years later. Four for sure with how long we've been working on. <laughs> yeah. Having worked now with that the graphic novel deadline schedule, I mean, do you prefer that in terms of the like either a monthly or a, a bi-monthly schedule for single issues? I think it's changed how I'll take work in the future. Like yeah. if I can take work and know that it's not going to be published until the next year. Uh, right. In terms of direct market, you know, single issues, amazing. And I think a lot of publishers are switching to that format, like having three issues in the can before even soliciting. Yeah. So, and for me specifically, and I know also Matt will probably agree with this. I've had so much personal stuff happen in the last three years that I'm like, I have to, I have to regard a schedule that will allow for, you know, a couple weeks where I can't work maybe, or like yeah. even a month or so, you know? So I think it has changed. I, I love both for different reasons. Uh, monthly comic books are really fun to write. They're really fast. It's a different skill set to like be able to kind of keep the story rolling and, and keep it moving and have every issue be fun and exciting and, end with something fun and begin with something exciting and like always have like, it, 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 it feels so much, uh, it, it feels structured inherently different to how someone would want to read something. So, and I think that's kind of the nature of sequentials. I think that's kind of the magic of them is they, they, they tell the story in a very different way than you can get through a graphic novel. Writing a graphic novel is just like, you know, I have two months to write a book and I do it. It's, it's just work. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's very different. I like it, but it's, it's, it's a little bit more like head to the grindstone, wake up every day, get words down. But like writing a issue every two weeks or a month is like, it's different. I don't know I why. I think you do so well with long form. I just read your love Ohio and I, or I'm well, like midway through. You. So don't say it. Obviously I can't say anything anyway, but like, <laughs> I just think your long form work is, I, I've read your, your issue form work too, obviously. But like, you really like shine in long form. In Thank you. Opinion. That's very kind of you. I'm really excited for this book and the, that one that just got announced not too long ago. So uh, I feel very lucky. Jimmy, we're taking over your podcast. We're Sorry. I'm enjoying it. I, I figure if I'm enjoying the conversation and hearing the two of you talk about the process and and the differences between bit, so. yeah. single issues or graphic novels than the other listeners of the podcast will. I mean, look, I had a, I, I had a long day today. I mean, I had a <laughs> yeah, no, first kick back, man. We'll just keep blathering know, so. about our industry. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wonder in terms of the experience of writing something and in, in terms of how you experience as a reader, you know, uh, there's certain things that I have read in single issue. I've loved in single issue, but I there's sometimes you come across something that you feel like, wow, this really does read better as a trade or or might have yeah. worked better at a, at, a, at a graphic novel. But still, I, I hear from 
retailers, and maybe that's changing, that single issues still, you know, sell better sometimes than than graphic novels. Yeah, I mean, it's, but I, it's, I wonder it's, in terms of your process and in, in, in writing it, do you ever feel like if you get a single issue deal that this would have worked better in it as a trade? That's interesting. I think that like, uh, you know, with Mariko and I, I had another book that was kind of had a similar situation, a uh, situation to Mariko and that it was changed. The, the format or the not. Yeah, the format was changed midway early on in the writing process. So uh, what I think is. That's a great question. That's a hard question. Leon, do you have an answer? I need to think of my answer. <laughs> Um, I write so infrequently that I feel like I can't answer that, but I will say with, with drawing, um, I'm like, you said it was a long day. I'm like, can you repeat the question? (laughs) (laughs) It's eight o'clock where I'm at. So I'm like, hello, good morning. (laughs) Um, yeah, so if you want me to repeat the question, I can, or we could, we could just move on and act like we, we answered it. Oh, we totally answered it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll put a, I'll put a musical interlude yeah. in here or some type of sound effect yeah. and then, you know, I, we'll I, do I, like, and then, uh, Matthew, Liana, music, that was a know? tremendous answer to that question. I really think you've solved the issues with both the direct market and booksellers. Uh, <laughs> Single-handedly, two people only in the industry. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Knocked it right out of the park. Um, Liana, with a lot of the designs in the book uh, for this, um, you know, kind of, I, I guess it's odd. I was going to ask in terms of coming from something like Know Your Station and then into this, but it sounds like a lot of this work was kind of done before or at the same time because um, I felt like with, with Know Your Station in terms of where it was, the, like the setting, um, this kind of seems with this portals and malls, it's structurally very different than kind of some of the stuff you got into and um, certainly a lot trippier. Um, like, do you prefer one or the other or do you just like kind of designing these these worlds no matter what um, they look like architecturally? You know, I think at the time I was scared because there was no boundaries with Mariko between worlds. Um, and Having, you know, Lisa on some of the character designs, and actually I want to give a shout out to Fabian Lillet, uh, who did a lot of layouts for me during this time because there were like crunch times where um, they had time to help me. And like they had come up with some stuff in terms of like certain shots where like it would lend to me like being like, oh, that's a great angle. And then like using that to like build on top of that or anything that they like helped me in terms of layout wise. And I, I love having no boundaries, but I also love, I love a good structure. So like know your station, the ship was just like, all right, it's clean. It's this, it's simple. I know exactly what to draw, but sometimes you know, when you're asked to draw an alien strip club, you know, you're like, what does that look like? I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like I couldn't have gone even crazier. Yeah. Looking back at this, like three to four years later, I'm like, oh, there's so many things I would have done differently. 
But I think that's, you know, the growth and progress of, of an, as a, as a oh, creator, yeah, like but over sure. a couple of years. And so if they ever were like, would you want to do a sequel? I feel like, yes, because there's be so fun. many weird things that Matt and I could do that like, you know, or, you know, we could collaborate on something totally different in the future, but yeah. I can't pick which one. They're both great children. One is very responsible and one is just like walking up to me covered in paint or something. And it's like, look what I made. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh no. You know? Well, I mean, I really like how when I, when I find, you know, creators and artists kind of like pushing the, the boundaries of, of things, uh, whether or not it's like character design or whether or not it's, it's story. Um, like, you know, like I said, I didn't know exactly what to expect. And when you start to get into like their relationship, you find out early on that Rem uh, kind of it doesn't experience negative consequences. I think it's put like that in the, in the beginning. Um, but then, you know, you, you talk about sometimes making like the subtext text in like another book. Um, and, you know, I mentioned when I think uh, Mariko has that dance with the seraphim and it's like, the cost is her ego and like kind of how she goes through that and what happens as a result of that. Um, and then like the, the two characters that are Mr. Eat your heart out and miss swallow. I you whole. I got to hear someone say that <laughs> yeah. oh my all my, like for the past three years. Wow. Unbelievable. What a treat. I knew that that Mr. Eat your heart out was the best title for a character of all time. Well, the other one was one. what? Miss Swallow You Whole, I think. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but I mean, you you might have you you it, in something else that you might have had like some type of different, you know, name. It, it feels like there's part of this that is just like out there in terms of this is what we're trying to go for. Um, but still there's so many kind of you know, so many layers to it. Cause I when I for example, when she's when Mariko's having like the NUET. And I was still trying to figure out, like, well, what, what, what is exactly is this referring to? Is this some type of, like I said, Jungian psychology? Is it, is it mysticism? Is it just that she's sad and lonely? Um, yeah. I just, I, I really, I really enjoy trying to get into it and figure out, like, what was going on and where, you know, they were headed. And um, then by the end of it, I was like thinking about my own relationship, and I was like, what did this comic just do to me? <laughs> That's incredible. Thank you for that's uh that's very sweet. I'm I'm very uh honored you said those things. Yeah, no, I and I agree. I think we wrote a great book. I think we we wrote a great book, we drew a great book. Liana did. I didn't draw anything. Hell yeah. <laughs> you should have. At least yeah. one panel. I should have I should have drawn a character, just one. Yeah. It would have worked in the book. It would have. Yeah. Even you if it was like a scribble. Yeah. You you probably could have at least, you know, done something like the uh the owner of the record store. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, did, I love his you, design. Actually, though. you did kind of you number one boyfriend of Turbo Thurban. Oh, the, you literally the, designed the, the him. Air, the air conditioner. Oh yeah, that's no, right. the refrigerator. That's right. Oh my I god, did. you already did design. Favorite, I, I designed the the air conditioner guy. The, yes, my fa favorite favorite character, the sentient <laughs> refrigerator, yeah. who I think gives the best advice in the book. <laughs> oh yeah. The you don't need a therapist, you just need him. Yeah. yeah. We should yeah. produce those. Mass mass <laughs> commercial produce those. They're really super helpful. I really think though, with with you know, the way the market's headed, artificial intelligence, we're we're like maybe 
five to ten years away from sentient refrigerators. So yeah, well, telling you, like, almost there. Honestly, there's Alexa on those now. So, <laughs> all right, fellow cryptids. Now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty, as it were. Luckily, I have come across Crafty Comics, and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame, which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame, a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic-Con. And I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame. And I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy. And I have a slew of comic books now. And uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books. Um, And Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now, back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Is it tough when you start talking about the book again, having like kind of been away from it and moved on to other things? Like, do you go back and 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 think like, oh, we got to promote this. Let me dig back in and like, what did we do? What did we talk about? What is the point of all this? Well, not really. No, I, I I really love doing this stuff. Uh, I, I think it's it's fun to remember. Like you know, you you can't grow if you don't like remember stuff and and think of all the fun times you had. And like, I think uh, with Mariko, it's it's really fun to like remember all of the intricate little plot details that I that I totally forgot about. I haven't read the book, and you know, when you're creating something, you spend so long looking at it and liana it's double for you because you're actually creating creating it mm-hmm. so it's like you read you end up reading this thing like hundreds and hundreds of times in the early parts of making it you know i can't tell you how many times i've gone through this script so and then to just all of a sudden you know it's done and then you get to d- dust off their, your hands and not think about it for two years or a year and then uh, you're you're reminded of all these like weird little plot details that that just you know it's really fun. I love it. Yeah, oh, that's I think great. It didn't kick in for me until like ALA in San Diego because they had like advanced reader copies at the booth. Oh shit! Um, I didn't know that. And well, it's just like on a QR code, but like it was cool to see the cover like on this little like bookmark thing, and then know that all these librarians and stuff are going to be reading this which is like really exciting, but it's also wow. like, oh, I should probably go back and reread this. <laughs> yeah. So I like revisiting stuff um, in the in the privacy of my own existence. Yeah, just so fan. that way You're I can, you know. And like, that's, that's kind of how I do it too, is I'll sit down and I'll read something that I've put out after like a couple years of having been done with it just to see, you know, where the appreciation is now as a, someone who's a little older and someone who's done more things. It's fun. I like it a lot. Absolutely. 
I and one of the reasons I love comics so much, and I feel like it's it maybe it's surprising, but I, I feel like the the older I get, the more I I keep coming back to comics because I want to see things uh, or read things that are I are just. I feel like are pushing boundaries are totally unexpected. And I feel like comics is a medium that does that better than a lot of, of, of other ones. And I mean, TV and books, e even movies um, it, to that end, even, all the unexpected stuff in this comic book um, about the relationship with Mariko and Rem and kind of like what's happening to them as they're moving apart or are they staying together and like whether or not that's even a good idea. And they get into all these like real relationship issues and all these like wild scenarios then it gets to the moon of plenty and it's completely off the rails <laughs> That's, uh... i got i got to the moon of plenty bit which was like a it it, it rolled out like a bit of a commercial <laughs> and i was like this is zang i guess i don't know what it is but i i was into it <laughs> uh, i forgot about it <laughs> I, every time oh, no. i reread this book i am abruptly reminded that we did that uh yeah, I don't know about all that still. <laughs> I'm sorry, but which is your favorite character? Is it Beefy Goose Guy or is it the, Beefy Goose Guy? It's um, definitely, I, I I like the gooses that are just underneath the tree. I think that's the funniest thing is just this. Anyway, I my explanation for this is very simple. And I will, and I, and I, you know, I don't like to explain where things come from, but I think for this one, I probably should a little bit. Me and uh, several people that I know who will go unnamed worked for a place in a town that will also go unnamed and experienced many of the things that are depicted in that strange interlude. And I thought a great way to uh, memorialize this time in my life in which I had to lay carpet squares and uh, do all other sorts of stupid shit for a job that was not paying me anywhere close to what I should have been paid. And so I kind of, you know, it's an inside joke between me and a couple of people, but it also felt right for this very strange place, this moon, this looming, horrible, corporate, semi-loose. You're not really sure what things are. They're giving you like fake money to buy. It's insane. I don't know if anyone's ever worked a job like that where it just feels like a cult, but, uh, it felt right to incorporate it in that way in this story. And I, I, I think I, I tried to make an inside joke, a big joke and I'm, I might've succeeded. I don't know. We'll see. The I, reviews I, I have read so shockingly have not mentioned that scene. I, uh, scene. From what you know about Rem and, you know, whether or not it's explained that his character doesn't really perceive negative consequences, like always sees like a silver lining, but he seems kind of yeah. cut off emotionally. And it seems like perfect that he is, this is where he's headed. Like this is his opportunity that he didn't necessarily ask for. Right. And he doesn't really like kind of can't quite see exactly what this is. Um, I mean, it, it, it just seemed like a perfect scenario uh, for this type of corporation uh, on the moon. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, may, maybe run by a, a billionaire who, you know, treats the world like, he has like the whims of a 14 year old. It just it really seemed, it, it felt modern. It felt, <laughs> it was, felt hip. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I can't believe we did that still. I think that was the, I'm trying to remember the, 
the the ideation behind all that. I think that was written when we still had the structure of a monthly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it had to be so when we got the switch up from from uh, the editors. And, and we agreed to. It, we were super excited. We had to take what we had written for a monthly story and kind of try to shape it into a a, a, a spherical, nice... Right? whole cone a ball you know it's like it's tough to do sometimes but uh and sometimes you lose stuff i don't know if i don't know if much was cut from mariko uh i can't remember if there was too much uh that got deleted or was didn't end up in the script or something but because of the switches you know because changing structures i mean so uh yeah, well, I mean, that part came like I think right at like a a, a perfect time, you know, like yeah. where it's in, it it acts as a nice like where where it comes in the in the graphic novel. I think is like fifty pages in, maybe to like a hundred and fifteen or sixteen. Did you get a physical book. copy? No, I have the digital a... on the oh, digital. Okay. Like, but um, like it, it. It, it's like forty eight, forty nine, like fifty pages in, but it comes at like yeah. a like a perfect time you know, not quite halfway through. And it's like this nice little like interlude. It's almost nice. like you're watching a little, like somebody, it, you know, someone showing you a little, little film breakdown of what Rem <laughs> is about to experience. Like, uh, yeah. Corporate hell, corporate limbo. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah I can't even, it's, it's such a bizarre existence. I did right. it for a while. It's weird. Yeah. I like, I mean, I just liked how bizarre it was. And especially <laughs> that the three panels that started are like the old movie, like three, two, one. <laughs> I felt like I was in the hatch watching yeah. like one of the lost films. It was, <laughs> I was all Yana. You did great. Yeah. I mean, that, with your suggestion for sure, but that was really fun, especially <laughs> to make it look like a TV. I think that's the first time I've done that. Yeah. I, I, I just really, I really liked how bizarre it was. I, and I thought it, just was in the right spot. I thought it worked great. Thank you. I think that's the only scene that I kept messaging Matt being like, <laughs> you did. I are they that. crawling on the floor for real? <laughs> or like, is there something that I need to know? Like, and no. you were just like, Nope, that's what it is. And I was just like, <laughs> that's you'll great. That's, that's you'll I trust you. your One of the process. nicest things about being a comic writer is getting someone to just, Tell someone to draw something <laughs> and like you, it, there is a little bit of a, you know, it's weird. It's a weird power. I share, I, 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 I try to be responsible with it. I didn't, I, I don't think I went too crazy in Marie. No, you didn't at all. No, <coughs> if anything, I think it was a really major learning book for me. And I think it pushed a lot of like things that I was unfamiliar with to a point where I feel really comfortable with now. And I also think I'm like, are those the books that I want to do for the rest of my career? I don't know. Like probably weird stuff is great. That's why yeah. I love horror. Right. Yeah. Because it's so weird. There's not really an in between except our book. That's like, I think it's I not horror. Which was you, Liana. I don't know. <laughs> okay, can I break some news here? Can I, I think I just came up with an idea that I want to pitch with you. Let's take it somewhere, Liana. <laughs> Maybe we'll take yeah. it to Mad Cave. Who knows? I, I don't know if they set this up, but. <laughs> I, just came up, I just came up with an idea for this for, for Liana. And Matt Cave was like, yes, we'll book a podcast and then we'll get I, another book. I predict because of this podcast, the comic that I just thought up will be on shelves in three years. 
All right, and then you That's come my, back, and we can yeah. talk Jimmy's about gonna it. Jimmy's going to hold you to that. Yeah, I'm going to write like it down. Whole, yeah. I'm really, I'm really going to bust my ass for this, but I, I believe in it. It's just an idea that came to me. I'm super excited. All right, good. I, I can't wait. And then you can come back in three years if I'm still doing this. <laughs> and uh, he has ideas that come out immediately during a podcast, and my brain is still like intermission, like TV broadcast signal, because it is. 8.40 p.m. for me, and I'm just like, dial, dial up noises. You reach a, there's a hill. There's a tired hill that kind of crests into being manic that is pretty nice. You just got to get over that that last little hump. Yeah. Is that what parenthood is like? Yeah. That, parenthood the, is, is, yeah. is insane. It's just that, it's just <laughs> it that manic, it's just that vibrating manic energy, and you're just like, yeah. Don't know if it's I, caffeine or what, but yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah. Last night, my six-year-old did not want to go to bed. My, my, my brother comes over sometimes on Wednesday nights. We were going to watch a movie or start a TV show or something. He has four kids, so he needs to get out of his house every once in a while. Awesome. He comes over to my house. Six-year-old would not, would not go to bed. And you just get to a point where you're just like, I guess, I guess we're all up. I guess we're all up at 11 o'clock at night. We're going to watch 65 with, uh, <laughs> Uh, I can't <laughs> Adam remember Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah, let's go, guys. We're all gonna watch. I guess we're all up now watching a dinosaur movie. Or something. That'll teach know. the six-year-old <laughs> to go to bed. She will never sleep again. Now, good job, Jim. Terrified of teachers. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, I guess your six-year-old has now experienced what we experienced with Jurassic Park. So kudos. Yeah, yeah. She she was only down for a scene. She quick she saw like one dinosaur and then ran ran back up. She still, <laughs> she still didn't go to bed. Still didn't go to bed, but uh, but yeah, that's it's you know, kudos, Matt. Congrats! It's uh, thank it's, you. It's 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 awesome, but it's it is it is rough sometimes. Huh? <laughs> great, it's a great rough. It's like a, it's like a, it's like the best sandpaper money can buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just put on Twitter my the same six year old. Her name's Penny. Penny came up with a story idea last summer. And I scripted it like a four oh, nice. page comic and Amber Aiken uh, drew it, uh, illustrated it and lettered yeah. it. And I just put like the four pages on 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 Twitter. She, oh, she came up with the idea. Out. Yeti, so, because because a comic book Yeti, she she wanted a Yeti in the story. So she called it Yeti in the big stomp. She told me all the story beats and I scripted that's, it and uh, she 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 loved it. So that was, you know, that's beautiful. I love that. I can't yeah. wait to do stuff like that with uh, my little guy. It's going to be great. Yeah, she was very excited and she liked it and she liked seeing it. And of course, she was like looking at the character that's like her in it with the Yeti. And she's like, yeah. oh, I really like the pineapples on my dress, but I don't wear those types of socks in the summer. <laughs> Damn, already coming in. I'm an art director. <laughs> All right, Penny, Actually, Penny's got notes. Some notes. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it is. It was uh, a lot of fun. Um. So, so Marika Between Worlds, I absolutely loved it. Thank Everyone, you, you got to read it. And um, it's just, it's just, it's so weird. And it's so wonderful that it's so weird. And did you I, have a good time reading it? That's I really, all we care about. I really did have a great time. There were a couple of bits in it that I thought were just wonderful. Uh, <laughs> the one where Mariko is in the, the record store and the powder kind of uh, <laughs> oh, has, has an effect. And he says, don't worry, it'll go away as long as you're not prone to anxiety. 
<laughs> I think Frisbee is like my favorite character in the entire book, which is like <laughs> she's only she's only there for like two scenes of the entire thing, but by by far the best. And I don't know if Lisa knows this, but I tried to draw her to kind of look like Lisa a little bit. Oh no, I'll let her know. <laughs> That's why her hair is like that. She had like the short bangs at the time. She still has short bangs, but I'll yeah. She might still look like uh, that character, butterfly lady. Frisbee. Amazing, Miss Frisbee? Frisbee. What was her name? Yeah, Frisbee. Frisbee. Thank Frisbee. you. That best, also best name. I, I think you take the title for like person that makes the best names in comic books. Personally, <laughs> that's a big title, but I'll take it. I mean, I don't know any other. I really try hard to make my names as stupid sounding as weird sounding <laughs> as possible. It's a it 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 is an effort. <laughs> well, there were some great so names in this. Liana's right. Yeah, no, I love names. them. I love all of them. They're my they're my weird little named children. All of them. <laughs> uh, it, not that there has to be, but is there like anything else coming up that you're working on that you want to like let folks know about? Matt, you go first because you got a big one. I don't. I mean, it's it's not for a while. Uh, this is the most upcoming thing. Mariko Between Worlds out uh, October tenth. Please go buy it or pre-order it from wherever you get your books. Doesn't matter. Preferably a brick and mortar store. I'll pay those rents. Um, uh, I have a book. I have a series coming out next year uh, that was uh, announced a long time ago. That's getting reannounced probably sometime soon. Uh, I, I will leave details out but i'll say that much uh and then i just had a book uh announced from dark horse called loving ohio uh that'll be out next year in august sometime i think that's all i think that's it i think that's all i got i also have some pal i like i'm collected in some anthologies that boom kick like they're they kickstart all their things so i'm like in a power rangers thing that that's getting a reprint and uh the dark crystal thing that got a reprint in a big collected uh anthology i'm in that i really love that story uh and then just you know my books are out there check them out they're always for sale <laughs> like they're not going away and i always need you know clothes for my son so uh <laughs> if you like yeah, if you end up liking mariko you might like uh, my boom series good luck uh that's also uh weird and some would say nonsense and uh, others would say maybe unreadable, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's whatever. I really like it. Uh, I'll plug for, for Matt. I'll plug, uh, from vault, uh, witch blood. Oh yeah. And on issues of witch blood, which mm -hmm. I really liked. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I I'll plug witch blood, which, uh, yeah, go out there and read that if you haven't yet. And if you like Matt's work, but yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm always making stuff. I might have a pitch with Liana soon, so we'll see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a book that came out last week called True Cult. Uh, despite what the lettering says, which some people like to pronounce it Travika Vault, uh, it is called True Cult, and it is out by IDW Originals, uh, out in trade right now. You can get it at your local bookstore. Um, I have Mariko Between Worlds coming out in October, and I have the trade paperback collection of Know Your Station through Boom Studios with Sarah Gailey uh, in September, which is next month. So it seems like we have one trade a month, which 
worked out perfectly. That is and really, really great. I'm super I proud also, of you. Thank you, Boo. And I have a an Archie horror one shot called Welcome to Riverdale coming out in October. Uh, it's written by Amy Chase, and it's uh, quite terrifying. If you like Pleasantville and Stepford Wives and things like that, you'll really enjoy it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I actually I interviewed Amy uh, not that long ago. I, that episode hasn't come out yet, though. Oh my God, but, I love her. Uh, She's so yeah. great. <laughs> she, we we uh we got into it about that and uh, about some other stuff uh, she's worked on, and then we started talking about roller derby. And then I, inter- I, I, I asked her if she'd heard Jim Croce's Roller Derby Queen, and then I realized that's you know probably, <laughs> I don't know how well Roller Derby Queen is aged, but it's Jim it's Croce. A fun song. It's it probably it's Jim Croce. It's probably <laughs> harmless. <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, and. I'll, I, uh, Liana mentioned it, but I'll, I'll give my own plug as well for True Cult, which um, I was all in on True Cult from the very beginning. Uh, pat on the back, me. And um, I absolutely love it. It just was one of my favorite series. And it's so well done. It's so fun and funny and surprising. So and yeah. Yes. If you didn't pick up the trade, let me know because uh, there's a whole bunch of extra stuff in the back that you beautiful might not have seen yet. Oh, I love the design of it. It's neon pink. It's yeah, beautiful. It's so good. Thank you. So yeah, if you get Mariko Between Worlds and you like it and you like Liana's work, then definitely go and get True Cult. And uh, yeah, Know Your Station was great. And um, I really like She Said Destroy too. That was uh, you and Joe Corallo. Oh, yeah. And it was just Pride <laughs> Month. So, you know, if you want to be a good ally or you want some good uh, content to read, uh, I, too, am a Vault fan creator. And she said Destroy has been doing really well during these months. So um, two sisters wage a war against each other. It's uh, sci-fi meets fantasy. Very good. Yeah, it's all. Thanks for plugging that. Like yeah. That. yeah. I, uh, I like, you know. I mean, what else am I going to do? I like to talk to folks and comic creators and talk about the stuff. I like, that's why I do this. They don't pay me. I just do it because it's fun. Well, you're wonderful. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, this thank was you so really much. fun. Matt and I haven't caught up in a little bit. So this yeah. is perfect. <laughs> yeah, this perfect. was, uh, this was great. I, I, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It's nice to, to meet you uh, yeah. virtually. Liana, thank you for coming back. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully we'll get to see each other in, in person one day. New York. Again, again, we Hopefully. did meet at, at my local comic book shop before the pandemic once. So, yeah. So uh, maybe yeah. next time I'll see the two of you, I'll be uh, cosplaying as Randy Yachts. And that's the guy from <laughs> The Hood of Plenty. You, <laughs> might, you might make me go crazy. That might make me. Like, I would literally I would, die, I think. Yeah, I think I'd be sent to a rubber room if that uh, would happen in front my of me. My reactions just, with those types of things is usually like stunned not sure and then run around in a circle and run away possibly yeah. just because i like don't know how to don't know how to process uh yeah i mean i think i have sunglasses i just have to dye the top here gray i definitely have a red tie and i think all i think I, that's I, it i think that's I all we need like little little black pair of shorts uh yeah good to go mm-hmm. there's a social message there some deep Deep down, I think there's something. There's some. There's some innate thing that 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 we're that we that important thing that we said in that scene. I haven't cracked the code of what it is yet, but I think I think subconsciously we put something really, really, really smart down on the page. We don't know it yet. I think you're it's like, like I think we'll it's see. 
Yeah, we'll see. Thing. Someone's going to crack the code and write a thesis paper on that scene. I don't know. Yeah, Wait, anyone who? wants to do their master's uh, <laughs> on this book? Set us up, you know? Get the inside scoop. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been um, delightful. So thank you both uh, uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, Mariko, Between Worlds, October 10th. Uh, you can you can pre-order it, I think, through Man Cave's web- website. You can... Uh, let your local comic book shop know that you want it or your your local bookstore uh it's just it's so trippy and it's wonderful and it but it, it really also gets into like some deep relationship issues in a a very unique and interesting way and uh i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah um so again thank you so much for coming on the podcast um thank you uh matt and thank you liana and for comic book yeti i'm jimmy gasparro uh thanks for listening shout out to my brother the Cryptid Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. He listens to all my episodes and he, he tells me when they're good or bad. So thanks, Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so good to see oh, you again. Fingers crossed, Bob. We like this episode. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I think he will. I think he will. Um, all right. So thank you for listening and rate and review us and do all those things that more competent folks on podcasts tell you to do. And uh, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'll see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 